You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hey guys, welcome to session three. I am so excited for this season. So excited to be like really getting into the meat of it. I think this is such an important episode and I'm so excited for y'all to listen. I feel like we talk about a lot of things that are really, really prevalent in the online space, but also aren't talked about so publicly in the way that we are going to do that here. Like burnout and balance and trade-offs. You know, I think it's so easy kind of to skim over those things from a marketing or public facing persona perspective, but I think so many people are challenged by these things behind the scenes. And this is why this podcast exists to be able to show this and capture this and have real conversations around this. I think it is going to serve you so much, whether you are at a similar place to Angie or whether you want to make sure you're not dancing in that burnout as well. I think this is a really important conversation that we need to be having more of, and I'm excited to do that here. So I hope you enjoy this session. Perfect. How you doing? I am good. Yeah, I'm good. It's been a holiday week this week. So, you know, officially in the country. So I've been kind of trying to holiday How's that going? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like kind of trying sounds. <laughs> kind of trying. It's been very good. It's been very good reflection on, you know, the need to actually decide I'm taking these days off. These are not yeah. work days versus, well, it's a holiday day. And so that means it's kind of easier. So I could just, you know, log in and do something low key. Interesting. That's not working for me. Yes. What happens is you work the whole day, basically. Uh, that would be a nice thing. But what actually happens is I just sit and kind of (laughs) open multiple tabs on my computer. So there's like new holidays being booked. There's bikes being bought. There's some work being done. There's research on it's real scattered squirrel brain, no good kind of situation. And I think it just, it just ties into what we've been talking about in previous sessions around the need to prioritize what needs to be done to kind of have a schedule to have some support and then to clear some time that is actually not work time um yeah (laughs) it seems to me like part of what you're saying is like no time isn't work time but it's not actually all work time and that's why it feels super bad right Yeah. yeah 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 and and I think I was working in Thailand a couple of weeks ago and it was, and I was there for work, but then I also had a few days where I, you know, like normal people do say, oh, I'm going to be there. So I'm going to take two days off and I'm going to go to the beach. And I did. And I took my laptop to the beach and it's just like a low key sort of humming in the background of work instead of feeling like there's clear time to regroup, which I'm just reflecting on the form that you sent me for today's session. And I just think there's so much about trusting that when I stop and when I'm not doing something and when I'm not working, that in that space, 
something new can be created or some energy can be restored. Do you think, this might not be it at all, I'm just kind of curious what your thought is here, but do you think you're dancing, bordering, I don't, we'll see how we say that, on burnout? (laughs) I love the way you said that. (laughs) (laughs) Engaging with, you know. I don't know if this feels good to you, but... (laughs) You're like, I know what you're doing here, it's fine, just say it. I think I might be dancing with burnout, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. A hundred percent. When I read your questionnaire, that came through for me a little bit because I think even just kind of how you were saying, like, I know I have these opportunities and I just can't kind of thing. And I feel like, you know, sometimes that's totally valid, but also sometimes that is a little bit of a signal for us of like, okay, we're like starting to like edge into burnout because it's like even the things that like would usually feel good or would make sense or would light us up are just like the exact opposite. So I think that it's probably fair to say that. And it's also probably why, like, when you go to work, you're, or especially the holiday thing that you were saying, it's like squirrel brain and a hundred tabs and whatever, because it's just like my brain is legitimately fried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so funny because two weeks in a row in the box that says, what's lit you up this week? I'm like, mm, I'm going to come back to that. And then today I realized I pressed <laughs> send and I, didn't, I was like, I didn't even come back to it. I just like, like uh, mm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So something really important to say here is that when no time isn't work time, it can lead to burnout really quickly. For example, like her holiday was her feeling like she should work all the time, right? And the reason I felt like it was burnout and wanted to ask that question is because in her questionnaire, it was really clear that she did not want to do any of the things that were kind of coming up for her. And that's really, really not what past evidence shows about how she tends to feel about her business. Like obviously Angie and I are new to coaching with each other, but if I look at what she's created and what she's done and what she's built, it is very asynchronous that she is feeling like she doesn't want to show up or doesn't want to do anything. So it feels really important to ask that question and name that here, right? And again, I think it's just a really quick path to getting to burnout when you're always on and you're always working and even that downtime is thinking about work. And so whether you're listening and you're like, gosh, I'm like really, really close to that, or it's just like a little bit of a yellow flag of like, ooh, I'm getting a little bit closer. This is the stuff to pay attention to, right? Or if you're someone who all of a sudden feels like you don't want to do anything when you have long standingly been someone who wants to do a lot of the things and is really passionate and excited to show up, that can also be a red to yellow flag, right? So things to pay attention to, to look at in yourself, see where you are on this scale, but really, really important to know that it's easy to get to this place as an entrepreneur because it feels like we're always in our business. I feel like I've been saying it for ages and I feel like I've been saying out loud, I just really need help and I don't know what the kind of help is. I keep looking for help and it doesn't come in the way that I want it. And I found myself saying a lot, it's like I'm working for the man again and I'm the man. And I think because I keep repeating it, it's like, it's not actually that I'm repeating it and therefore making it true, but it just so reminds me of when I was working in in education and I got to this point of, I can't, I mean, it's not the same tasks or anything like that, but energetically, it's very, very similar. Tell me about that time. Would you have classified that time as burnout? 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually got to the point where, and I've written about this in many other places and I talk to people about it in my coaching. I just had my son and I was also, and I'd taken on uh, a new headship and I didn't just take on any new headship. I took on a new headship with a new building, with a brand new type of school that had never existed before kind of headship. So there's this combination of, I think, hubris and optimism that doesn't really play to me you know it's not in my favor and I don't mean hubris in a massively critical way just that I feel like I have a self-concept that is I can do everything I want to do everything I'm going to do it all well it's not even perfectionism but it is a sort of sense of my own breadth and, and gravitas and ability and I just you know kind of landed at a point where I didn't have the support domestically to really allow that to become a reality in the professional sphere. And I remember driving to work and leaving my son with a nanny because I went back to work when he was five months old. And this was a while later. This was like a year and two years later, probably. And I remember sitting in traffic and just having like tears just kind of streaming Mm. down Mm. my face. But the kind of... I don't know, just the kind of tears. It's like, there is no way I can stop crying now. It's just going mm-hmm. to keep going. And then thinking it would be better if I could just drive my car off the road and go to minor injuries <laughs> because I can't also face going into work. Because so there was this kind of combined guilt yes. of I've left my son and I'm being a terrible mother and I'm going to a job that I can't really do very well. And actually at that point, that was the, that was the day that I decided to hand in my notice and say, that's like, I'm not working like this anymore. But it took that... It took that kind of I'd rather drive my car off the road thought to go through my head for me to say something has to change. And so what I learned from that experience was just that I can take it quite far before <laughs> before I'll think yeah. maybe there are some alarm bells. And I'm kind of determined, obviously, that I would never get that to that point. But it's not just that. It's also that I've, I'm working for myself so that I could work differently and Unfortunately, I seem to have brought myself with me into my own business, which is a bit of a pain. Oh, it's the worst. You're like, you came too? What are you doing here? I've told you once, (laughs) leave me alone. (laughs) Here she is again. Uh, Mm -hmm. It makes so much sense. And I mean, obviously, like big credit to you for seeing the alarm bells sooner. But I mean, something that you said that I think is interesting is how it's centered a lot around support for you. Like Mm. back then, it wasn't like, Obviously, you took on like an incredibly taxing position and you were in like a very taxing season of parenthood. But like you said, like you didn't have the even like the domestic support. And I feel like this is almost like a different version of that playing out. But it's like you almost keep telling yourself this story of like, I got it all. And I feel like that's what's like kind of crumbling is like this idea that like you really can shoulder it all because you can kind of thing. Right. And there are some real pinch points and I'm feeling them and I can feel the anxiety around them. Um, Even talking about it is making me feel anxious. So the old Mm. version was a kind of, I I know I'm going to be home late and the tension, you know, when you're a working mum and like the tension around, even if it's five minutes, I said it was going to be this time and I need to put him in the bath and all of those, like it was that particular point in his life when if I could get him into a bath now, it'd be amazing. But in the old days... (laughs) when you had to put them in a bath. It felt like it was painful in my heart to not be able to do those things. 
And there was always something about balancing so many logistics that just would drive me, you know, to distraction. I can't quite manage to get this all right in my head and work out how I'm going to be there and there and do all of these things. And now it's the travel. It's going, it's like looking at my calendar and realizing that I've forgotten that I'm meant to be in the UK on this date, but that's the weekend that my son's with his, meant to be with me and not with his dad. And how am I going to get, you know, because I've also live on a like an island in the Baltic. So how am I going to get a ferry and a train and a flight? It just stresses me out so much. And it, so it's the kind of bits that I've almost, they could be nice things. The idea of it could be lovely. Oh, you get to travel and you get to do this. And, and it is lovely to see people in person. And it's all of those there's a kind of niceness to the, isn't it great to have a business where people want you to come and do this and that and the other. But the reality is that something has to give somewhere else. And I've just booked myself into an airport lounge to do a day of delivery because I haven't been able to actually schedule a trip in an effective way that means that I've got any any space. And that kind of thing just makes me go, oh God. <laughs> This is not, this business is not in the right hands. Somebody needs to. <laughs> to Where is the this. adult that's going to step in and handle this? this? terrible. <laughs> oh my gosh. I totally understand that feeling. I think that, I think you're just speaking to like the stuff that doesn't get sad, but that everyone experiences. Like there's probably not a single mom that's listening to this that doesn't know that exact precise feeling mm. in your in your heart and in your soul that you're talking about, right? But I think that the entrepreneur dream gets sold without a side of that. And the truth is it always comes with the side of that no matter what, right? Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's the kind of, we, you can have it all and you can't. <laughs> oh, or in my experience, yep, totally. as in something has to give, something will always have to give. I think Angie is talking to something so important here about the real challenge of balancing motherhood and business. I am obviously just navigating this in an early stage in many ways, right? My son is a year old, Angie has a nine-year-old now. And so certainly there is so much wisdom that she is bringing to this conversation. But I think mostly what's important to say here is it is just a challenge, period. I feel like there is this way in which it can kind of get marketed or positioned like there are some people not challenged by it and they have this like specific secret or something. And I think the truth of it is that balancing two very big things in your life, like a business that feels like your baby, like motherhood, where you literally have a baby, obviously, no matter what age they are, is an incredible challenge. And it takes a lot of, you know, emotional skill and ability to balance all of that and all that it requires of you. And so the, the clip in here isn't to, you know, give you some really great tip or hack on that. It's just to say it is a real challenge. And that's why we're having these conversations and that's why we have coaching and that's why we have these spaces is for that to be normalized. And I think that's the best thing we can possibly do here. 
And I think maybe what's fair to say, and you tell me if you would say it like this, but is like, you don't like the trade-offs you've currently chosen. And that's what has to shift is like, you're willing for something to give. Like you're not under any illusion that there's not going to be some kind of trade-off, yeah. but like the ones you've picked right now, or maybe even unintentionally picked are like, not it. They're not right for you. And like, that's actually what has to shift so that one, you don't burn out, but two, so you don't just like burn the business to the ground. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I think I'm not very good, seemingly, at knowing while it's happening that it's happening. So people around me could still say, oh, okay, really? Are you going to go again to the UK? And I'm like, I have to, yeah, but you know, and I've got all of the reasons why it's absolutely fine and necessary. And, and then when it comes, sometimes I literally think, are you an idiot? Is there something wrong with you? Like, is there something wrong with you where you keep overcommitting? And strangely, it's not, I think in the old days, I used to work in a way that would be, I would overcommit myself because I wanted to impress people or I wanted to please people. I don't even think that's it right now. I think I have a change of season in my life anyway. So I'm 48 this year very much at the end of this year, like right at the end. <laughs> FYI, it's the end. <laughs> the actual end. And I think, you know, that comes with also, this season of my life is also perimenopausal. And I have to kind of say that out loud, partly because of the work that I do, but also because it really is a change of capacity. And I could throw myself into all sorts, even when I just had my son, in my 30s and before you know I could just keep going and going and I could people please as much as I like now I think I'm actually trying to experience the things that I would have really liked in my 30s only I don't have the capacity and I kind of don't want them when they come anyway like I don't really want to be in an airport anymore so there's also something of like the <laughs> the business you know what it offers me now I'm catching up with the fact that those aren't necessarily the things that I really want now, which is weird. You built it for old <laughs> desires kind of yeah. thing. And like, then you get those and you're like, oh, oh, this is not what that was supposed to look like, feel like whatever. Or maybe at a different time in my life, that would have felt better. But like, yeah, I mean, I think that sometimes too, I imagine is that when you were doing that, you know, the career path, all of that, like the dream of like, I have my own business and I travel and I make X amount and I do what I want. Like you literally brought all of that to life, but it's just that like, there wasn't clarity on like what the trade-offs were behind that. And now that you're in them, experiencing them, like you're allowed to say, these do not serve me in the way I thought they would, you know? Yeah, that's absolutely it. Something I am so passionate about is helping my clients to acknowledge their trade-offs. And so what I mean by that is you can certainly always change your trade-offs, but I really believe that we have to acknowledge that they are always there so that we can get back in our power around them. I feel like what so much of the personal development world and online space does is try to market to you in a way that tells you if you do things correctly, if you you know, show up in the correct way, then you won't have any trade-offs ever. And I just don't believe that's true. And I don't believe that's the human experience. Anytime we're saying yes to one thing, 
we are inevitably and inherently saying no to another thing, right? Anytime we say yes to one thing, we are ultimately also saying yes to all the things that come with that thing, right? So for example, when we say yes to building a business, like there is so much good in that. And we are also saying yes to a lot of the challenges that come with entrepreneurship as an example, right? I can change my trade-off. I can choose not to be an entrepreneur, but ultimately my win is in going in eyes wide open, acknowledging that they're there. And so that's really the conversation we're having here. It's not to say like, you can have it all with absolutely no trade-off in any way, shape or form, right? It's to say, you can pick your trade-offs, you are in charge of them, you can change them, you can acknowledge them and you can feel really empowered around them because that's actually how we're gonna move forward most effectively. When my son was little, there was always a kind of, oh, and then we'll, you know, and he'll come with me and we'll do all of this. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm I'm nine, that, that's a no for me. I'm like doing my own thing. So there's, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of that. So letting go of some of that and just, you know, redesigning my part at least in the business so that it serves this season of my life is something that I am, I think, I mean, it's not, it's not even like I really desire it. I feel like it's almost something I need to accept the capacity thing and the not really noticing the change of season I feel a bit like I've been cheated like where was the bit where I got to <laughs> enjoy the thing that I was building <laughs> do you know what I mean and where they matched and now we're now yeah. I'm too like tired for it so <laughs> and probably because that's the kind of person I am there's also an unwillingness to let go of that because I don't feel like it's fair yeah that's interesting I feel like what's maybe truer to say there is you just you're closer than you think. You just haven't let yourself like really go for your desire. You've let yourself go for what it should look like or what it's supposed to look like or what like that sort of like fairy tale kind of thing Mm. is. Yeah. And I think you're probably way closer than you think. It's not like a full rebuild or anything like that, but I think it's almost like not building it for what it looks like, but now building it for what it feels like to you so that you actually can have that moment where you're like, wait, this actually is the dream. This yeah. is what I've been building for. This was the thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And because I am dancing with burnout, as you so graciously put it, it's so sweet of you <laughs> to say it like that. <laughs> I think that it also makes me, like I had a really good moment this morning where I realized I felt okay. Cause yesterday I felt really, really exhausted. And this morning I woke up and I was like, oh, I'm actually okay. And, you know, had some ideas about some things. And and it occurred to me that I'm really nervous about being a person who doesn't show up all the time. And, you know, we've been talking about the experience I've been having with this other coaching scenario. And, you know, the, the, the kind of feeling of being burnt out also is is a kind of, for a type A person, basically it's a kind of laziness. It's like... Oh, Mm. well, I'm really happy to hand off everything to an OBM. I mean, literally, can you just have the whole business, like take it away? OBM, CEO, whatever, interchangeable. Pay me a small salary. (laughs) (laughs) That's 
fine. <laughs> Hire some trainers and then they can deliver the work. And as I'm having that feeling of like, oh, I don't even know if I can do that. Actually, I think I feel like I'm going to have to employ somebody to do that. I don't even know if I've got the energy to do that. The more I kind of lean into how much energy I feel like I don't have, the more I feel like I could give away for somebody else to do, which tells me a lot about how much resistance there is to where I actually am with it. It's like I haven't given myself permission to really feel how little bandwidth I have available. And as soon as I start thinking about it, it feels like it's never ending. And then I just have this kind of, oh, then I'd be one of those horrible people who just pops in to do a coaching session once a week and then just waves goodbye. And then everyone's on Reddit going, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she just turned up for one hour. <laughs> How dare she? So there's something there also about, you know, like my mind is going to how can I create value for people who don't want me? You know, how can I, (laughs) this this thing about value, like how can I make it valuable for people and not feel like I've just let them down or I'm, you know, not available for it. So, So there is quite a lot to let go of or to change in terms of the way that I think about me being the person that always provides the value and always provides the service and is always available and feeling like it's legitimate for me to not be the person that does that. I think that's true and possible, but I actually would even take one step back from that for a second and say, I think (laughs) this goes against everything I say always, by the (laughs) way, but I think you have to like not trust yourself quite so much right now, (laughs) which is the exact opposite of what I would ever say to someone, but hear me out. I think you're so close to this dance with burnout that it is really hard to even know what you probably want the most right now or how much you'd want to be involved. Cause I think when we get to that point of burnout, like the answer is I want to be involved. None. (laughs) Right. And I think that that's fair, but I also think that might not be like your truest truth for what you want in the business long-term. Right. Yeah. I hear that. I think you almost need to be like, how do we fix some of this burnout? And then I can reconfigure how much I want to be in it and how much like I actually desire that and what that's like, quote unquote, allowed and then to look like, and then you process all the mindset stuff there. But I think that it's possible that like what your, your brain is constructing right now is more of a, like, how do I get rest? Not Mm. actually like, how do I not do the business? Does that make sense? That absolutely makes sense. Yeah. So there's something really important here that I want to speak to, which is why I said, don't trust yourself here. When usually I'm saying the exact opposite and I actually believe self-trust is the most important thing in business. And what I'm actually saying here is don't listen to the burnout, right? Because I think sometimes when we have something acute going on like burnout, it's really easy to feel like that's what we're listening to. And maybe that's even like our own knowing or our gut speaking to us, our intuition. It's sort of like when you're really, really tired or you're really sick, you kind of aren't in the best position to make decisions at that point. I think the same thing is really, really true here. When we're at that place of being in or close to burnout, that is not the best time to make really big or sweeping decisions, except to clear our calendar, right? Except to create some more space, except to have some more rest, because otherwise it's going to be too easy to kind of deconstruct our whole business. 
when really we're just not at the best place to do that, right? So when I'm really, really tired, the only decision I can kind of make is how do I get more rest? Not like, what do I need to do globally with my entire life? Does that make sense? So it's not about don't trust yourself on this really deep level, but it's about there is something acute and forward and present here. And we don't wanna use that kind of acute feeling or moment to make wider ranging decisions for us long-term, right? We wanna like solve that acute situation so then we can kind of get back to making more neutral and strategic decisions long-term. So how do you get rest, really? like? We're not going to get off this call until there is <laughs> some version of a solution to how does Angie get rest? Because like slow dancing with burnout's one thing. Mm. I think like we don't want you to like marry it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that would be good for the podcast, wouldn't it? Episode five. <laughs> Episode five. Angie, stop showing up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that wouldn't be so good. So practically, how do I get rest as in looking at what's coming down the pike? How do I insert rest into that? Or do you mean how do I normally, what does rest look like for me or both? <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to the second, which is it doesn't. <laughs> so I think the first is probably like, let's let's talk about that a little bit. Because I know even like last week, we kind of ended with like, let's look at the ways in which maybe you could like deliver for some of the yeah. people that were on deck. Could we like, double up, you know, you get paid to create the thing, blah, blah. But like, even now that feels like no yeah. is the answer to that because that's just more yeah. work for you. And also you're probably experiencing a, a pretty significant amount of resistance to it for that mm. reason. Yeah. I kind of started looking into it and then I felt like, oh, this is, you know, my brain is not working very productively. So it's just kind of spinning around to creating more work, um, which didn't feel very good. So I think having put lots and lots of tasks onto the job description for the OBM and kind of having put that job description out into the world, I feel that I can legitimately pause on the things that were on there. So there are some things like somebody's working on a new website. I actually don't need to have a new website. I can just leave the existing website and, and you know, pause on those kinds of things. There were a few tasks like that virtual summit anybody but I can (laughs) (laughs) no virtual summits yes (laughs) I can leave (laughs) so I've been going through my calendar for the next few months and most of the clients that I have been talking to and I've got a few meetings scheduled in the next few weeks they will all be clients who I've already said I'm not onboarding anyone until next September until the new school year starts So actually what's in my calendar for the next few months are kind of clients that, you know, existing clients, but nothing new should appear in my calendar. So if I tell my VA to not schedule anything new, then what's in there is what's in there. And I guess I could be really strict about, you know, because what tends to sneak in are the kind of uh, so-and-so would like to meet with Angie for an additional 45 minutes before the session just to chat about the session and so those could (laughs) okay so that's a decision we can make right now I like the look you just gave me there (laughs) yeah because also a 45 minute session is a session but like definitely let's just decide that right now like nothing else on your calendar until September and like even that's a you know we can get to that that's a whole conversation (laughs) too but if that is true and we say like that's a decision right now like 
give me a little rundown, like, oh, wow, then my time really opens up or like, okay, then I can breathe a little, but it's still quite full or like I have way more trips than I want or, and don't say it from a place of like, practically say it from a place of like how you actually feel about it. How do I actually feel when I look at this? It's okay. I have more breathing space over the next couple of months because really the school year will end in July. So I have a bit more breathing space and it feels okay. Okay. There is something that is a problem that I would like to move. And that's that I have some clients that are booked in for sessions in July because the school year in the UK finishes then. And actually it's holiday time for me and, and my son. So I was thinking, I've had this thought a few weeks, a couple of weeks ago, maybe that's when I really need to have somebody, a trainer in place who can deliver their first few sessions, but that will be kind of like the last sessions with those clients. And if I can introduce that idea in April rather than waiting until, you know, a week before, if I can introduce the idea a couple of months before, it gives my clients a bit of time to reflect on it, but also it gives me a bit of time to prepare because I, I kind of see the word summer holidays that I've already put into my calendar. This is what I did last year. I put the holidays in and I put the holiday dates with my son in, but then I've still managed to go, oh, but that's just a little such and such, and then kind of put them in on, on top of those, layer them on top of the holidays. So I think I'd feel better about that as well. I love that because... Either way, you put yourself in the best position possible, right? Like, let's assume best case, you do find someone, you do onboard them, they're ready for July, you set yourself up for that, where you can't be like, oh, I know, but I can't tell them that because it's too close or da-da, slash, if not, like if you end up doing it or whatever, that's just a surprise and delight for them. There's no downfall there. So I would absolutely say like a good to-do would be like, they get an email about that, like next week kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. And how do I position this email? Because this has been on my mind as I move towards having other people deliver, (laughs) you know, without going into the fall. I'm dancing with burnout right now. So I've asked somebody, (laughs) but like, (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'm kind of new clients. I'm like, yes, I know that they've already been told. I'm just I'm curious what your thoughts are really about how to introduce new things to existing clients. I think that a really good kind of frame is to not make it too big of a deal. I think that sometimes if we make it a really big deal, then it feels like a big deal to them. I think if we make it not so casual that you wouldn't mention it, but I mean, if we make it quite casual, I think it's typically received that way. Right. So my take would be more like, Hey, our company is expanding. We've added additional wisdom and support. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. And, you know, we're so excited to bring that to you guys in July. Just wanted to give you a heads up now, you know, wanting you to know that this is like a really exciting thing. I think they'll, I mean, you could even say it like this because I think this feels true for you right now, but I think that they'll deliver even more incredibly and fully than I could for you. And I'm so excited for you to have that experience. Great. Yeah, that sounds great. And already I feel like, oh, that feels great. 
I think an important conversation here is about that positioning of presenting new things to clients. I think that sometimes we are so quick to almost like feel like it's a big deal. And so then it sort of gets presented in a way where it feels like a big deal or it feels apologetic. Like let's use an example, like say you're about to take like a two week vacation or something. It's so easy to present that to clients in this like really apologetic way. Like, I'm so sorry I'm going away for two weeks, Ugh, you know, kind of thing. And then they receive it like that. Then they're like, oh wow, it's like not good that she's going away for two weeks. That's like my experience of it now that it's kind of gotten framed like that versus maybe I would say, you know, I'm going away for two weeks and like, I really think this is going to be a beautiful time for you to work on X, Y, Z, or I trust that you're going to be able to lean into this thing, or I trust that it's going to serve you in this way, right? It's not to say that they have to not have a feeling or emotion about it. Like they can certainly have whatever feeling or emotion they want to have. It's just about not projecting ours so strongly onto it, right? It's not making such a big deal out of it that they then think it's a really big deal. And it's also about focusing it on how it serves them. You know, that's ultimately like what we're here to do as coaches supporters is to be like, how can you get the most out of this? How can this situation serve you the most? And so being willing to present through that lens is also really, really, really helpful in these situations. So just remember that it's usually not that big of a deal, whatever we're going to do, like add that support coach, take that vacation. It's really so much more about the lens and frame with which we present it in terms of how it will get received. Okay, so no adding to the calendar, no work on what is actually scheduled as your summer <laughs> holiday. What about like this week, next week? Like how how are you going to have some downtime? Hmm. Next week is just awful. So that's not very good. But it does quieten down after next week. And how can I have downtime in the next week? Okay, hear me out on this one. I think we should try to move something next week, which I'm sure is you, you are internally just, <laughs> okay, it's not even internal. Your face is definitely telling me. And listen, I, I, it's, I'm not saying it's a must, but I do think that there's this way sometimes where we know what's bad. Let me tell you a quick story. Mm. I think this helps. So I had this client who kept saying to me, I need downtime lease. I need downtime. I like really need it. So we kept like kind of constructing these ways for her to take it. And then she wouldn't, she was going on this big family trip. She did not want to go on. And I was, you know, kind of saying to her, like, maybe you just don't go on that. And she was like, I have to go, blah, blah, all this stuff. She gets to the family trip. <laughs> I, you can't even make this up. Gets to the family trip. The first three hours she's there, she falls down the stairs and breaks <laughs> her leg and got her downtime, <laughs> let's just say, right? But she had so many signs up to that point that she needed to stop, needed to take it. And it was always like, well, after this one more thing happens in business, after this trip, after that. And so I'm not saying you can't give yourself another week, mm. but I am saying that sometimes it's just a little bit easy to keep going after this then. Yeah. And so I do think that sometimes we have to like line in the sand it and be like, nope, stuff's moving next week. Cause like, I am incredibly clear that that's what I require right now. And I don't need to break a leg. To, I don't need to do any to of those things to prove that to myself. <laughs> right. Right. So if I look at, I mean, next week is just, I'm traveling to the UK and it's just, ill. and there are things that I've already moved once and I can't move them again. Okay. And there are also things that I 
yeah, they're just things I can't really move because I'm co-delivering with somebody and she's away and all these different things. So it feels like next week is just one of those grip my teeth and kind of get on with it. The week after, however, I can organize it so that I only have one thing each day. Okay. And nothing on Friday. And actually look at, because Fridays I kept trying to preserve as the day where I didn't have, it's called creative workshop in my calendar, but it doesn't always happen. But actually for the whole of May, there is nothing on a Friday. It just says creative workshop. So there really is some breathing space. Okay. Coming. Love it. Very, very happy with that. So for next week, can we decide that just nothing outside of delivery happens? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like none of the... No extra meetings. No, nothing. Yeah. I can absolutely Mm -hmm. decide that. And that's, yeah, that's totally fine. There's no need for anything else to go in. What about... Okay. So no Fridays in May. So what that brings me to kind of next is... How do we actually, like, you can have the time, but then what, like, what gets done with that time? And I don't mean, like, gets done in the business. I mean, like, how do you actually rest? Yeah. Right? Like, what, <laughs> I, can, I can feel the discomfort. What are you, my mom? <laughs> Does that look like anything right now? Are you, like, I don't know. I literally have no idea. I usually, I think I was saying in my evaluation, in my form today, I really like walking oh, yeah, yeah. Walk. and mm. I used to walk every morning before work um, for a couple of hours. I would walk, walk every day. And that just helps me with general, just everything. <laughs> totally. And I'm just not in a, again, this year my schedule shifted. So I never started work before 10 and I always walked between 8 and 10 or like 7.45 and 9.45 and everything's kind of moved because I've been delivering to schools abroad. So now I'm starting work sometimes at seven. And so those are the creeping things that I think have led to the overall lack of well-being as well. Yes. And just knowing that that was a thing that was really anchoring my day. So I know that, I mean, that doesn't sound like rest, but it really is rest for me if I do some physical, if I move my body and particularly walking every day was was great. So I'd like to do that. I also do or did, and I haven't for ages, been doing any yoga and that again it wasn't a kind of casual thing it was actually a daily practice which even if it was only half an hour I would endeavor for it to be longer but again was moving me out of my I have a very active brain which can tip into it's never I don't know if it's anxious well, there is an anxiety about it, but it's a kind of constant need to be doing something or planning something, achieving something, responding to something. And that that really helped with that. And it really reduced the amount of scrolling and other stuff that I did at night. I've just removed Twitter and other things from my main page. And I'm like... Great. I mean, I don't even really notice it, but I know that when I'm addicted to it, I'm like constantly looking at all of this stuff. So that really helps. And then there are some really like actual kind of I'm taking magnesium, I'm taking, you know, all all of the vitamins and stuff to actually help me sleep because I am also perimenopausal. So there is like a genuine I don't sleep very well. So those are some things. And I'm just not having... 
I feel like I'm not being very good fun. Like I'm not, Mm. I'm just not having any fun. So, you know, music helps me rest and laughing helps me rest and just that kind of injection of some lightness. So, and it's funny because I used to, when I walked, I would also, you know, I'd maybe walk for an hour and then I would call one of my good friends and then we would have a chat and there was all of that kind of thing that is just, then I think, no, I've got to work. I can't call my friend now and I can't, and there's a dimension that just gets lost. Does that make sense? Oh my God. It's almost like a couple of things. One is like, I think it's really helpful to be like the, the solution to burnout is not more sleep typically. It's right. Like it's more rest and nourishment yeah. and well-being and stuff like that. Right. And rest doesn't have to mean sleep. Like rest can mean like your brain rests. But also I think what I'm hearing the most in that is like, you've almost like given up these crucial parts of who you are, like community and calmness mm. and peace and presence and friends and fun and like all of the things that like kind of like make us a whole human or like support us and stuff. And you've kind of like given many of those up for like little reasons that seemed little at the time, like, oh, this school's on a different time zone. Sure. But then over time you kind of look back and you're like, oh wait, all of Mm. these parts of me have disappeared. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they are the parts that led to all of this work. (laughs) Yes. It's so true. Isn't that ironic? Right. Right. Like you didn't get all of this work because you worked 24 seven. You got it because you actually were in like a really extremely good mental state, emotional state, physical state. Right. Yeah. And I was having really good ideas on those walks and I was really, you know, I was really like, oh, this is going to happen. And I was really feeling and taking the temperature of the universe on those walks and being like oh yeah this is the next step and I had a lot of distance between the monkey brain and then the work and now it's just all monkey brain and that kind of you know the kind of (laughs) that that feels like a payoff at the moment and I know I'm in the wrong frame of mind when it feels like yeah but you have to you have to be at your desk at this time because you've got this client and this meeting and this thing you can't, you don't have the luxury of going out for a two hour walk in the morning. Only an unemployed person has the luxury of a two hour walk in the morning. So there's this real kind of, there's a voice that I know is not my, me in my right mind voice saying that it's not possible. So actually putting that, I, I mean, right now, honestly, I feel like I ha- I would have to put that, like make a public commitment, like on a podcast, for example, and put, yes. that, put that in the calendar and we're like, like yeah. a good one. No. and say, right, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to walk every day and I'm going to do some yoga before bed because it feels so difficult to get back into it. It's almost like, especially once you have a business your size, like you don't just get the time, you have to take the time. Mm. Yeah. So sometimes when you're growing it, like you just get the time because it's just there and you like, right. But I think like sometimes as you're further along, like you have to take it. (laughs) Like it's on my calendar. It's this thing for me. And you have to be so much more intentional about it, which I think can be hard for a lot of us high achievers to say, I'm intentionally choosing to spend non-productive, even though we know it's productive, right? Quote unquote, non-productive time on something. But I think that that's your edge right now is being like, I'm not just waiting for this time to show up. I'm taking it. I'm choosing it. I'm making it happen. I'm like being aggressive about getting that space for myself. Right. I'm really ready for it. 
So I'm sure this is something y'all have heard me talk about on the podcast before because it's something I believe in so much, which is the difference between taking the time in your business versus the time showing up in your business. And what I mean by that is that so often I see people wait and wait and wait until they have this big block of time to do the thing that they wanted to do, whether that's like take the walk or have the downtime or start that project or whatever it is, right? We're like waiting for the time to show up and we chase our to-do list thinking if I just get more to-dos done, then this time will show up. I have literally never in my seven plus years of business coaching seen it work like that, where all of a sudden you clear the to-do list and then there's just this huge, you know, expansive stretch of time that shows up for you. What I've always seen is the opposite, which is like, I take the time and then it works itself out and then it shows up. Like I just block that walk in my calendar. I just put that project time on my calendar and somehow things work out. Or maybe not even somehow, I don't mean to say that in this like magical fairy tale way. I mean to say it in a way of like, and then I can figure it out or like, and then I can be intentional and productive from there in making sure I have that time, right? I resonate so much with this messaging too, as like I was saying, I have a, a one-year-old, right? And so like when I was pregnant, I was just like, how is this all gonna work? How is this all gonna fit? And now I spend, I mean, gosh, you know, six plus hours a day with him and somehow it's worked and somehow everything else fit. But like if I had just tried to be like, okay, I'm gonna clear enough to do and clients and whatever, that six plus hours shows up in my day, it would have never felt like that was gonna happen, right? So taking the time versus the time showing up is so important as a way to look at this lens of like, what am I taking the time for? And what am I gonna intentionally put on my calendar and really make the time for? Versus what am I saying? Oh, I'll do that when the time shows up. Oh, we'll get a few more to-dos done and then that time will show up. Really take this moment to ask yourself that question and ask yourself, what do I actually need to take the time for and what am I gonna commit to blocking off in my schedule? Because I promise you that will make all the difference. And then also it's kind of funny how things like fit around that, if that makes sense. It's like right now you think you don't have the time, but I would be willing to bet so much money that if you took it, it would all kind of work out, which I know sounds easier said than done, but I know we've all had that experience. Like when I had Bennett, I was like, oh my God, how am I going to make all of this work? And then it just does, you know? Yeah, I really do. I do have the time. And the thing is, is that I'm not being productive with any of the time that is is there anyway. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, but now yeah. I've got to sit down and do like plan for this thing or, you know, a virtual summit or any of the other things. And that's not happening anyway. So I do have the time. And your brain's not like, it, it's like, I cannot work anymore. I am done. Yeah. So it's like, if you gave your brain the walk, then you probably could get that stuff. Still no summit, but right, like you probably could get that stuff done. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is like, you've created the success and now it's like, how do we make it feel like success? Not just look like success, right? Yeah. It's, um, it feels counterintuitive, I guess. That's the main oh, thing yeah. is that it feels like I've created the success and now I'm going, oh, and I can't cope with it. So now I have to step all the way back and not do anything. I know that that's not really true, but it just feels like, I, I don't know how many times in my life I have said, I really need to walk every day. I mean, so many times, I just know that this is what keeps me as productive as I have ever been. And how many times I have stopped doing it and 
how many times I have said to myself, you are not going to get more clients through thinking about getting more clients. You're going, <laughs> it's not going to come like through harder work. And then I find myself back in the pattern of harder work and more work and none of the sort of magic because 50% of what I've always done, I know is just magical thinking and magical being in the world. And it is always the thing that falls off. And I can't understand why I revert back to doing, generating, producing versus some of the kind of more yin, you know. Well, <laughs> gosh, there's a lot there, right? I mean, capitalism. I mean, yeah, the patriarchy, uh, other than that. Right, you know, <laughs> there's probably like a thousand reasons. But I think what's what's helpful to see there is that on a very like just basic surface level, apart from all of those like underlying things, sometimes it's really hard to say no to money when you've been doing magical thinking yeah, to bring in lots of clients that. and money and they come <laughs> yeah. and it's just really hard to say no to it. And so I think there's just some kind of like grace to give yourself there a little bit where it's like, it can be really tension producing when you're like, wait, but I've been wanting mm. this and I've been praying for this and I've been affirming this and now it's here and I'm supposed to say no yeah. to it. Like it, it can seem crazy, but like something I, I really see with clients and believe is that one of the only ways to truly scale a business is to be willing to say no to money. Mm. Yeah. And it is the hardest effing thing to do when we've been putting in all this effort to build a business that generates money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But what's so helpful about this particular season is, I mean, I'm not exactly saying no to money, but I am saying someone else can have a good proportion of that money so that I can have the time that yes. I need. And I haven't ever been in that position before. And I feel like just as a kind of, you know, final thought, I guess, <laughs> the sort of, there is something in my whole lineage, which is just, you know, black women working hard, immigrants working hard, yes. women working hard. My grandmother had three jobs, Her, you know, everybody's had uh, like multiple yeah. jobs. And it's just, there's like a grind in our lineage that is so real in the cells of my being, I guess. And so the idea of then saying, no, it's just, I mean, it's like, an, it's like, what? It's, it's, it sort of isn't in my makeup as well. So yeah. Oh my gosh, absolutely. You don't have the modeling. You don't have the makeup. You don't have the permission. You don't have the like support and what that looks like. I think that it makes so much sense. And I also think it's probably very much like what a good woman does, quote unquote, is yeah. that right? Like I imagine like that's one of the things you probably praise in your grandmother is like, she was so willing to do what yeah. she had to do. She worked three jobs. She made it happen. Like, and I mean, I get goosebumps saying yeah. that, like there is something to praise in that. And it gets confusing in our brains, yeah. <laughs> what that means versus what it yeah. means for you. Because we're not in those times now. And that's the, the, the sort of job of my generation like even the the reason I have this work and the reason I'm doing this work and trying to set up this business is to is not just to, like interrupting generational poverty if you like is not just about then accumulating wealth it's also about interrupting the patterns that say you have to work in a particular way and giving my son a different a different way of mm. showing up in the world and doing it and so there are so many different things that need interrupting and one of them is a hundred percent about rest and I see it like, 
I don't know anyone who works like my mother and she's retired. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be clear. (laughs) So there is, you know, there's a, there's a lot to unpack there and to kind of force myself to do if the commitment is going to be truly made, you know, the commitment that I've set out to doing that job of changing my lineage is going to be true. But it's, it's hard work, Lacey. It's so hard. It's so hard. It's so heavy. And just like seeing you in the fact that you're not just doing it for like your lineage, you're trying to do it for like society as a whole, which is like an extra burden to bear. And I think it's just like, again, that's, you got to give yourself some grace of why you're in this dance with burnout right now, because it's not even just about the working, although it is that, but like when you think of that pressure and that commitment and the weight of that Mm. and what that means for like your son future generations like it's no small feat that you're (laughs) taking on so I think like to not kind of be like I should just be getting through this what's the deal like no this is actually is as heavy as it Mm. feels you know yeah Similarly here in a way to what I said before, kind of about, you know, just acknowledging the challenge of balancing motherhood and business and not pretending there's like one quick hack or fix. I think that's exactly what we're going to do here is just really acknowledge that like hard working black woman lineage that Angie is working to break and seeing her in the weight of that. And just what an incredibly important conversation it is that she's opening up, right? Like it's not like there's just one quick tip here of like, this is how that, you know, thought process or get shed. Like that's, that's not it. Right. But it is to say, this is a very real experience. And this is a very, you know, big weight that Angie is kind of carrying and is really working to undo. And the more we can have open conversation and dialogue about this, I think the better it is. I'm sure this will be a very, very much an ongoing conversation in our coaching. But I think that it's just really important to acknowledge that here and acknowledge again that there's not just this like one quick fix, but to see and normalize that this is what is showing up for her and that this is part of why it feels really, really challenging, I think is important because it can be so easy to be like, oh, just take on less, just clear your schedule. But it's so much deeper than that. It goes so much further than that. So as much as yes, we need to take the time, we need to put the stuff on our calendar, we need to block some of her appointments. We also need to be like, and this is why it's so effing hard to do this. And this is why it's so easy to fall into burnout. And so we need to really kind of like care for it on both sides, both in looking at like what is showing up here and practically how can we solve that? And the both and is really what's required here. Beautiful. Okay. So do no work this week. No, I'm kidding. But basically (laughs) like no scheduling anything else. Yeah. No work next week aside from delivery. We're going to move stuff to one thing a week for the next two weeks. We're going to walking in your calendar one thing a day one thing a day sorry you're right whoa you're You're like back it up yeah yes okay good yes yeah amazing sounds good thank you my dear i will talk to you soon in base camp if you need anything okay Bye. bye thank you for listening to literally i am forever grateful to you for being part of our journey and spending your time with us each week I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. 
Each month, I'll be picking a reviewer to give my MSC bundle to as a thank you for listening. This bundle combines trainings and workbooks that walk you through a condensed version of the work I do with my one-on-one clients through my mindset strategy and execution framework. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living lit up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. And if you want more tips and strategies for growing and scaling your own business but are short on time, then you are going to want to opt into my private podcast feed, Back Pocket Business Mentor. You'll get immediate access to a private podcast feed full of tons of three minute episodes where I talk about everything from how to pick a strategy and business model that works for you to how to show up online as an expert and increase your conversions. Just go to a lituplife.com forward slash back pocket to dive in.